June 2006, George W. Bush was president. And if you turned on the radio, you may remember the smooth voice of Taylor Hicks, the most recent winner of American Idol. His song, Do I Make You Proud, sat at number one for about a week. Jackass 2 was getting, let's say, mixed reviews in the theater. And June 30th, Edward Sharoni was at his home in the town of Carson and was never seen again. This is forgotten. Edward Sharoni vanished into thin air. The town of Carson is small, just over 1,200 people. Homes are scattered among farm fields and wooded lots with a whole lot of space between. Carson sits just a few miles west of Stevens Point in a small college town, my hometown actually. So when someone goes missing, people notice, especially when that person is a father of four. Ed's kids describe him as easygoing and a man with a good sense of humor. Like I said, he was a jokester, but he was, you know, when he, when he wanted to learn something, he'd teach you, and, you know, he taught us all of our, you know, life skills and stuff like that. Ed lived in a small silver mobile home on a dirt road, but he didn't live alone. He actually shared the trailer with one of his sons, Mike, and a temporary roommate. We'll get into that in a little bit. Mike is one of Ed's kids. Roger, his oldest, lived next door in a brown house west of the trailer. If you want to get a better idea of the layout and see the homes for yourself, we actually have pictures uploaded on our website at WSAW.com. Finally, there's Michelle and Mark, who we interviewed for this podcast. In 2006, they were living in the Colby area. How old were you guys when he went missing? I was 20. And I was 26. Mark and Michelle say the days started out pretty normal with Mike driving Ed so he could run a few errands in the morning because Ed had recently had cataract surgery and his eyes weren't the best. Later, Mike and Roger went to work, stopping back home for lunch around noon. Ed was there too. Fast forward just a few hours later, that's when everything changed. Mike came back about 3 o'clock, Dad was gone. So when he called, he's like, we can't find Ed. You know, we've been looking everywhere, and we just can't find him. After learning that their dad was missing, the rest of the siblings did what they could. They called friends, neighbors, and then checked Ed's regular haunts. You know, local bars, grocery stores, and restaurants. But no one knew a thing. A few hours later, that's when police stepped in. Because this case is several decades old, a lot of the original officers who were working then have since retired or moved on. To learn about what happened in the investigation, I spoke with Detective Sergeant Jason Meidel with the Portage County Sheriff's Office. He wasn't on the case in 2006, but said police did what they could. We're always trained to like think the worst and hope for the best, um, which is kind of what they did. I mean, that's why they asked about the cell phone. Where does he bank? What vehicles does he have? Is there anything in the house that is missing or out of the ordinary, like is there a struggle? Has he had any negative contacts with people? I mean, those are the kinds of things that they went there asking to try and gauge better, all right, is this something suspicious or is it not? And we're gonna, we're gonna go with suspicious until we see otherwise. And did they find anything? At that time, I don't believe so, anything suspicious. He says there was one person of interest, but police ultimately ruled him out because of an alibi. It's unclear if that person was the roommate. 
I'm not going to say his name because no one has ever been charged in this case or named as an official suspect. But his daughter did have a few suspicions of her own. Again, no one has ever been charged in this case. As far as evidence goes, it's practically non-existent. Ed's car and belongings were still at home, and he didn't have a cell phone, so investigators pulled records from the landline. Nothing suspicious caught their eye. They also used cadaver dogs on the land surrounding his home. And speaking of dogs, Ed had a four-legged best friend named Mo. Michelle and Mark say he loved that dog and didn't go anywhere without him. That was a big red flag. We had bought him, uh, like when we were kids, we bought him this Dalmatian, and he had, that was his buddy, you know. So he took that dog with him wherever he went. And the weird thing is, I guess, that he didn't take the dog with him, you know, when he went out, you know, for a walk. And, and that's just weird because Mo went everywhere with him. The sergeant says the search for Ed went beyond their property. Crews conducted ground searches over five square miles and used air patrol. The sheriff even listened to a psychic. And as you can guess, that didn't pan out. But hey, they had to follow any possible leads or tips. What they did have was a rumor mill. But over the years, that went quiet too. The last kind of uh, rumor, someone that came forward with any information, I think was about 10 years ago. What was that? Uh, just more rumor that they heard from somebody who heard from somebody that a uh, person may be involved and that that aspect was already looked at and investigated way back when and determined not to be true. So um, we've had a couple tips over the years, but nothing's really panned out. After 16 years, they're just kind of stuck. It's something that Ed's family has had to live with every day. And it's a case that's haunted investigators. Yeah, it's like a gut-wrenching feeling. Pretty much. I mean, the whole thing eats at you every day. To get some answers would be great, but you're, at this point, you're kind of hoping that other people can help you because there's only so much you can do, especially going back, um, to try and say, all right, where, where is everybody at? You know, even that short of time, the technology is vastly different than back then, so you just hope for the best. There was one glimmer of hope, if you can call it that. Four years after Ed went missing, his family uploaded DNA to NamUs. It's a national database and resource center for missing, unidentified, and unclaimed person cases across the United States. In 2013, Portage County got a call about some unidentified remains with a huge clue that the body had some sort of connection to central Wisconsin. They found a guy with a Junction City keychain in his pocket, believe it or not, in Arkansas in a homeless camp. Junction City? is less than four miles north from the Sharoni home. This is a huge find, or so they thought. They ran the DNA to learn it wasn't a match for Ed. Turns out there's a Junction City, Arkansas, too. And I'm sure there are tons of others with the same name across the U.S. So a father of four seemingly vanishes into thin air in a matter of hours. No one has seen or heard of him since. They can't find any evidence to suggest foul play. So I asked his kids, is there any reason why someone would want to hurt him? Or did he have any enemies? No. No. If he was he was the type of guy that he would take if other guys were having trouble that we knew, family, friends or whatever, he would take them in, help them out. He was the guy that would do that, you know, so No, I mean if he had ten bucks and somebody needed it and that's all he had, he'd give it to him.
Is it possible Ed just got up, left, and walked away in search of a new life? Is it a possibility? Anything's possible. I mean, you would think that he would reach out to his family, and I can't speak to what their thoughts are. Is he alive down in Florida? That I can't answer. I mean, there's no been no activity or nothing that we can say for sure. But I guess until we know, um, is he alive? I guess he's considered alive. I, that I, That's not my call. You know, is there any chance you think that he had a, a girlfriend or had another, and as hard as it is to think about, like, do you think that there is any chance he just would have walked away from his life there? No way possible because his oldest son, Roger, lives right next door to him. And, I mean, it was like clockwork because Roger would come over, you know, depending on what shift he would work, he would come over for supper and, uh, like I said, he was really attached to that dog. And uh, we got a cottage up by Lake Tomahawk. He loved that place, and we'd go up there every chance we got. So there's no chance. And I know what you're thinking, but the family had friends staying at the cabin when Ed went missing. So another dead end. If you're like me, you probably have a theory by now. And while the sergeant wouldn't and really can't speculate what happened, Ed's daughter has a strong and devastating suspicion. I honestly think that somebody picked him up and did something to him. Honestly, um, Mike came home at noon, took my dad to the bank because, um, you know, it was close to the end of the month and, you know, he does his social security stuff. So he had money and then when Mike got back, he was going to take him and pay some bills or whatever. So I really think somebody knew that and took him. This is where you come in. Today, Ed would be 84 years old. He's 5'7", white, and has blue eyes. He was last seen wearing a white t-shirt, brown dicky pants, and loafers. They had no clue that this was gonna happen that day 17 years ago. What's to say it doesn't happen to you or me or anybody else that's potentially watching this or in the community and all of a sudden they have a grandparent, they have a parent, or even a child that goes missing. What would they think? What would they want to do? You know, these people didn't ask to be put in this situation. They didn't want to be put in this situation, however it happened to them. So it's important to them. It should be important to everybody because you just don't know when that possibility could come true for you or someone close to you. If you know where Ed is, call your local police department. And Ed, if you're listening, there are people still looking for you. You have not been forgotten. If you have a tip in the case of Edward Sharoni, call the Portage County Sheriff's Office at 715-346-1400. Or to remain anonymous, call 888-346-6600.